Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Communication, as I emphasize repeatedly, is the single most important thing that will determine if you get the offer. And I stand by that comment. I don't care how good you are. I don't care what your GMAT score is, how you finished your MBA. You will only get the offer if your communication skills are strong. You could be the smartest person in the world, but if no one can understand that and no one can understand you, you will never get the offer. And today I'm going to point out something that I always indicate to candidates, right? It's a very, very interesting podcast. I would want you to pay attention to this. And to follow this podcast, I've copied and pasted in below into the notes a summary of the conversation that I'm going to talk about over Skype, right? So this is a conversation I had over Skype with someone who contacted me, someone I know quite well as well, and they wanted my advice on something. And the reason I'm using this example is to show you just how poorly people communicate. And this is not an unusual circumstance. I mean, I get this all the time. I would say 60-70% of people who contact us write this way and communicate this way. And a lot of them are clients. And also we have a huge number of people who contact us who are not clients. And the reason I'm bringing this up to you is that whenever I debrief people after a case, they always tell me, Michael, I did everything you did. I communicated clearly. I spoke eloquently. I just don't understand why they failed me. Well, I have news for you. You know, usually candidates are very easy on themselves in terms of what they did. And more often than not, candidates are really poor at communication. And this is a candidate that we drill in. We tell this guy all the time, you must communicate clearly. I don't really understand what you are saying. You need to communicate clearly because you're now at the networking stage. You're sending emails to people, right? So this guy is sending emails to people to set up conversations, to talk to them, to build his profile. And I always point out to them, what you put in those emails is very important, right? If you put the wrong thing in those emails, you're dead. If you write an email that looks like it was written by someone out of high school, no one's going to write to you, especially if you're an experienced higher candidate. People must read your email and the impression must be that you are someone worth talking to, right? Now, as people know, is that for most of our candidates, we check their emails before we send it out. But we can't check emails in perpetuity. Imagine what that would do to us if we've got something like 150 clients worldwide and we're checking everyone's single email going out and every single Skype message going out. That's impossible. So we do help candidates at the beginning, but we then expect them to learn how to do it themselves and progress by themselves, but always keep us updated, right? If something really important comes out, we'd be happy to check an email. But if you're sending an email out on a basic communication point, or you're sending out a general email to someone that is almost a mirror image of previous emails you sent out that we helped you with, we'd expect you to look at those emails that we helped you with as a guidance to on how to write these emails. Now, here's a candidate. I'm going to talk you through what happened here to show you just how poorly people communicate, right? I get this email from this candidate telling me that, well, he's been offered a fellowship on business development, right, as a business development analysis for a certain part of the business. And he wants to know whether he should put it into his resume because he thinks that it would definitely help him with getting into McKinsey in the BTO practice. I said, okay, right, good. It sounds interesting. He's got a new position. It's a fellowship, you know, business development analyst for mobility. Sounds interesting. But then I ask him a question. You're a very senior manager. Why are you becoming a business development analyst? Okay, that's the first thing that jumps in my mind. But because there's so many things jumping in my mind, I ask him the first obvious thing. Is this a new job, right? 
He then says, no, it's not a new job. It's a position whereby high potentials are giving a chance to serve as salaried interns in different organizations for a period of six months. Okay, now this is interesting. It's not a new job, but he can serve in other organizations for six months. I'm thinking to myself, okay, why would his company, an oil company, allow him to go work for other companies and pay for that? I mean, what is the benefit? This is a very interesting model. So I ask him, okay, why would your employer send you out of the organization to work as a salaried intern in other companies? Then he comes back and he says, okay, it's not a different organization. It's actually a different department. I'll do this internship with business development at Shell. Okay, so again, first, he didn't indicate it's a new job. Second, he miscommunicated where he's working, right? Then I ask, okay, then I come back to my original point. Well, why would you want to work as an intern? It doesn't make any sense to me why you would work as an intern. And why would you go from a senior manager position to an intern? It looks like a step down. Then he says, okay, the title is actually Director of Business Development for Mobility, the only reason I said analyst or intern is because I know nothing about business development as you speak. Now, this is interesting, right? Not only has he not told me it's a new job, not only has he given me the wrong information about where he will work, he's also given me the wrong title of his role, right? So, I know nothing about whether it's the same organization. I don't know if it's a new job and he's given me the wrong title. And he's expecting me to give him insightful feedback in terms of what to do, right? Then, not only does he give me the wrong title, he then says... My title is Director of Business Development, but he's going to be working under director's capacity. So now it's very confusing. He's a director. Apparently, he's not an intern. He's a director, but he's going to be working under director's capacity. So then I ask him, okay, what do you mean under? Your title is director. So why are you saying under? Then he says, yes. Again, doesn't answer the question. Then I say, okay, so what is it? Are you working under a director or you are the director? Then he tells me, okay, I am a director reporting to the VP. So let's just recap here, right? He didn't tell me it's a new job. He misled me in terms of which organization it's going to be in. He got his title wrong, and then he explained the reporting structure incorrectly. And then he came back to, okay. Then I said, okay, well, why don't you put the correct title? Why would you call yourself an intern? This is not a title they're giving you. Why would you give yourself the title of an intern when your title is director? Why would you deliberately make yourself sound horrible in terms of the transition you're making? Then he says, okay, in a discussion you gave earlier, you said that consultants are apprentices, which I stand by. You know, if you're an associate at McKinsey or you're a consultant at BCG, you're an apprentice. You're still learning how to be a consultant. You can never say, I understand management consulting by being an associate at McKinsey. You don't understand management consulting. You at least have to get to the associate principal level. I'm not going to get into that discussion. I explained that in other podcasts in terms of why people who leave McKinsey as associates and engagement managers don't fully understand management consulting, right? But then he says, okay, he uses that analogy to say that because I said that when you're a consultant, you're an apprentice, I don't want to call myself a director because I'm still an apprentice, right? So I use the word intern. Then I pointed out to him is that, okay, do you realize that even though someone is an apprentice, they don't put the word apprentice on their business card, right? What you are in your level of development is different from your title. You don't see McKinsey people running around and saying that associate in brackets apprentice, no. Even though obviously they're apprentices because they've just joined, they could be managed out at any time, they don't call themselves an apprentice, right? So this has been an absolutely confusing conversation. It took me about 12 minutes to figure this out, right? Now imagine if I didn't take the time to figure it out. Imagine if I assumed that Joshua had sent me the correct information in this email or the Skype message. And I responded, imagine how bad the advice would be, right? Not only did Joshua not tell me it's a new job. He totally misled me on that. 
Secondly, misled me in terms of where he would work, whether it's the same organization, external organization. He misled me in terms of his title. He made it sound worse than it really is. He then misled me in terms of who he reports to. And then he drew this really ridiculous piece of um, advice. He totally misconstrued it, right? And so it basically is telling me that my title is director, but because I'm not ready for the director level, I'm going to call myself intern. Now, if I had to go back and give Joshua advice on what he gave me, I would have said, Joshua, you know what? Going from a senior manager to an sort of analyst at this unit outside of your organization makes no sense to me because, you know, what were the interviewer things? You went from a senior manager at your current company to an analyst outside your business. It doesn't make any sense to me why you would do that. It raises a lot of questions. Secondly, leaving your company after so many years doesn't make any sense and leaving it for such a low-level position doesn't make any sense. Now, imagine if I didn't explain my reasoning. I just said, Joshua, I think you shouldn't do this. It makes no sense. Joshua said, okay, Michael, thanks for your advice. But I wouldn't be giving him the correct advice because he totally misrepresented what was happening. So I always tell candidates, when you are communicating, you better make damn sure that you're communicating the right thing. And a lot of candidates say, but I never really communicate like this. But I can assure you, I can pull up my Skype messages and show you how badly people communicate. They always give the wrong information. Poorly communicated, poorly structured. I mean, in this particular case, it is wholly misleading in terms of what is trying to happen. Yeah, this is word for word for my Skype discussion. So what I would advise candidates, when you communicate, realize one important fact. The person you're communicating to whether it's a case interview, whether it's networking, can only respond to what you tell them. If you tell them the wrong thing, they're going to give you the wrong advice, right? And sometimes you will get the advice, but you don't know they are giving you advice based on what you told them, which is incorrect. Now, if I just told Joshua, don't do it, Joshua would never have known why I said don't do it. But I thought to myself, this doesn't sound right. And I also know Joshua has a propensity for miscommunicating. So I decided to dig a little. But imagine how much time was wasted yet. Right? Do you really believe a senior partner or a partner or even a junior person in another firm is going to give you 12 minutes of their lives to help you understand what you are trying to say? Do you really feel that they're going to think to themselves, oh my God, now that I've spent 12 minutes, precious time of my life understanding this, I think Joshua deserves to be in a consulting firm. No, they're going to think to themselves, Joshua cannot even write a five-line email. He doesn't deserve to be a consultant. Remember, every time you communicate, you are either improving or damaging your image. Make sure you communicate clearly. And the thing that's sad about this is that I could have given this person the wrong advice and he could have totally messed up their careers. And it wouldn't have been my fault. It's this person's fault for miscommunicating. It's not my job to try to get them to understand how to ask for the right advice. Always remember, when you communicate, communicate clearly. Always remember that. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.